Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been studying the compound, when I say the compound names of God, really what we're talking about is in the Old Testament, there's names of God that God used. Uh, we know his personal name is what we found in Exodus, uh, the book of Exodus, where uh, Moses encountered God at the burning bush. There was a burning bush, and Moses walked over to that burning bush, and he was literally speaking to God. And it's the first time in Scripture that we learned the personal name of God. And God spoke to Moses when Moses asked, Lord, who do I say is sending me when he was being sent to the Pharaoh to release the people from Israel? Who do you say is sending me? And the Lord replies, tell them that I am is sending you. I am that I am. It's the personal name of God, which is Yahweh, Jehovah. You could go either, either one of those is right, Yahweh or Jehovah. I am. It conveys, the I am idea conveys God's completeness, that God lacks nothing. Whatever we lack, God does not lack. Just remember that when you're following Christ, that he is your resource, that he is your all, that he is the I am. This takes on great meaning as we study the different names of God. And in the Old Testament, there was names of God that would be like Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. And there's different names that are connected to the, to the personal name of God that's describing the character of who God is. It's describing his attributes, his qualities, uh, his greatness. The last couple of weeks, we've studied Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my good shepherd, or Jehovah Makadish. The Lord is the one, the Lord who sanctifies me. The attributes of God are, par, are powerful declarations of who God is. And Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 states these words. He says, For I, the Lord, do not change. And this, and in the New Testament, it's reaffirmed again in Hebrews 13, 8. So in the Old Testament, it says, For I am the Lord that does not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I share that because the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. There's not a difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. The Lord of the Old Testament is the same yesterday and today and forever. And when Jesus came in, when God was manifested through Jesus here on this earth, guess what? He is God. He is the I Am. This week we're going to look at Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. The name Jehovah Rapha appears in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. For the first time, and really the only time, that we actually see the word Jehovah Rapha together. But Rapha we see many times in Scripture. And it means to heal, to repair, to restore, to make whole. To heal, to repair, to restore, to make whole whole. That is who our God is, Jehovah Rapha. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to repair the broken things in you. He wants to be your father, your Abba Father, who puts his arms around you. He is the Lord who heals us. I want to open up in prayer today as we begin this message. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we invite your presence into this place. 
Lord, I pray that your word would touch the depths of our heart, the depths of our being. I pray today those things that maybe we've struggled with for years, those things maybe in our life that we've never chosen to surrender, those things in our life maybe that are broken, that need healing, God, I pray today that we'd find that in you, the great I am. I pray for each and every one of us today, including myself, Lord, that I would be able to surrender to you everything so that, Lord God, I can have you completely in my life. I don't want to walk this life by myself. I want to walk it with you. I ask, Lord God, for your anointing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord who heals you. Let's look at the story that we find this first, this name, Jehovah Rapha, and that story is found in Exodus chapter 15. And God has led the Israelites out of bondage of Egypt, where they had been held captive for 400 years. Think about captivity for 400 years. They've been slaves for 400 years. That's longer than our nation has been a nation. 400 years, it's a long time. God has led the Israelites out of that bondage. And as you read the first part of chapter 15, you'll see how the Israelites were celebrating and singing songs unto God because they had been set free from this tyranny of Egypt. Egypt had held them captive, and God sets them free, and they're celebrating in song. Listen to the celebration of the first two verses of Exodus chapter 15. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. That's what they're singing. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. This passage is referring to God rescuing the Israelites from the attack of Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh released the Israelites. If you remember the story, he released the Israelites after the ten plagues. He said, get out of here. Be gone. And as they were going down towards the Red Sea, all of a sudden, Pharaoh had a change of mind. He said, no, no, no. We're losing all of our workers. We're going to go back after them and get them. And he sends his army after them. And in that midst, all of a sudden, God said, I'm going to make a way for you. you, don't, you it looks like it's hopeless. You're facing against the Red Sea. There's this massive army of chariots and, and, and arm, uh, military people that are coming down after you. They don't know if they're going to be killed. They have no idea. And God says, I'm going to make a way for you. And he parts the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, they walk through the Red Sea. It says in Scripture, on dry ground. It's a miracle from heaven. They get to the other side, and Pharaoh's army thinks, we're going to follow them after them. And as they go into the Red Sea, guess what takes place? All of a sudden, the sea just all of a sudden collapses upon the military army. That's what they're talking about in this passage of Scripture. That all of a sudden the horse and the rider were thrown into the sea. The passage goes on and talks about God's mighty power and how there is no God like Yahweh or Jehovah. And how all the other nations just tremble at the name of God, at the power of God. Then in verses 20 and 21, we read about a celebration that's taken place. And it's being led by Miriam, which is Aaron and Moses' sister. 
She has a tambourine in her hand. And all the women, if you can imagine and get this picture in your mind, they have just crossed through the Red Sea. They just saw all of Pharaoh's army is killed as God has released the waters of the Red Sea. And now they're on the other side, and she has her tambourine, and she is rejoicing, and she is praising God, for he has rescued us. And all the ladies were singing and praising God. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. And as the celebration was finished, the journey began. And all of a sudden, Moses is led by God, and God takes him into the wilderness on a, on a trip to the promised land, a trip that probably should have taken like 20 to 30 days that took 40 years. It's a journey. How many of you ever started out on a trip that didn't begin well? That vacation that you had planned on for quite some time and all of a sudden that first day you take off and it's not going well. Maybe it was a flat tire, maybe the family got sick, whatever it was. It just didn't start off very good. Well, this is that trip. They go out into the wilderness and it just didn't start very well. For they had walked three days and they had found no water. And when they finally came to a place where there was water, where there was this oasis, and they thought, this is it, they started to drink the water, and the water was bitter. It was poisonous. It wasn't good. They could not drink the water. The people named the place Mara, which means bitter. Have you ever named any of your vacations? (laughs) Years ago, we had a vacation that we went, and my beautiful, wonderful, absolutely magnificent daughter, Brittany, she was two years old. And we forever now we refer to that vacation as Vacation Brittany because she was a terror. She was two years old and she was a terror through that. And so we named it. We laugh about it and we look back on it. And, we, and I'm sorry, Brittany, I love you 100%. I know I'm using you as an illustration. But sometimes you name different vacations and they named this place. They said they got to this place and they were expecting something great. And when they get to the water, it was bitter. And they named it Mara, which means bitterness. And what I want you to catch a hold of is this truth right here. They, they, three days earlier, what were they doing? They were worshiping and they were praising God and they were celebrating. Man, the Lord threw the horse and the rider into the sea. We have been rescued. It's a miracle. And now all of a sudden they walk through the wilderness and they can't find any water. And all of a sudden, guess what? That bitterness of the waters in Mara is all of a sudden turning bitter into their hearts. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Notice how quickly their attitudes had changed. How easy it is to allow the circumstances of life to directly affect our faith. It's easy to do. Now, I don't want to make light of the situation If you are walking out in the heat of the wilderness, which is really more like the desert in that country, and you're out there for three days and you haven't found water yet, we don't know how much water they were able to take with them, but for three days they don't have water, we'd probably be complaining as well. We'd probably be grumbling. It's like, are we there yet? On the vacation, you know, you're driving and all the kids are going, are we there yet? Some of us have a meltdown when we just don't get our coffee in the morning, go without water for three days. They were facing real crisis. How quickly their faith changed from three days earlier. God's desire is that our faith and our trust in him, and I want you to catch this, 
God's desire is that our faith and our trust in him would rise above our circumstances. That our faith and trust in God would rise above our troubles, above our difficulties, above what above the rain that's coming later on today, that our faith and trust would rise above that. Isaiah 26, 3 states, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Jesus tells us in John 14, 1, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. The Israelites had already lost Sight of the miraculous power of God. They seem to have forgotten that the Lord had just rescued them from the hands of the Egyptians three days earlier. And they've already lost that sight of that. Returning to our text, I want to read verses 25 and 26 of Exodus 15. And he, uh, referring to Moses, cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And Moses threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule that, he, that there he tested them, saying, If you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandment and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer, Jehovah Rapha. The one and only time that we see those two com- combinations together, Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord, your healer. Here we see God's faithfulness displayed. God makes the water pure again. He restores what was broken, what was bitter. He takes, and guess what? He makes it sweet again. Then Jehovah makes the Israelites this promise. If you would obey my statutes, if you would obey my commandments, all those things that happened to the Egyptians, all those things that you experienced but you were not a part of, they saw it happening. The Israelites saw what was happening to the Egyptians, but they were protected because of God's holy power. All that was taking place, guess what? I will never put that on you if you just choose to obey me and to follow after me. It's a great promise. It is at that moment God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord who restores what is broken. I am the Lord that takes what has been torn apart and I can put it back together again. The world has always been a place of brokenness. The Bible talks about that. But it seems today that people are more aware of their brokenness than ever before. I mean, we have a doctor for every disease. We have a psychologist for every problem. We have, I mean, we, we, we are diagnosing people every day. If you have a, an earache, you're heading to the doctor. If you have a toe ache, you're heading to the doctor. And you got a specialist for a toe that's different than your ear. I mean, we have doctors for everything under the sun. We are a culture, and what he catches, we are a culture that is trying to heal all the mistakes of the past, <clears throat> all the hurts that we've experienced from childhood, all the wounds that we've experienced in previous churches, the emotional or physical abuse of a parent, the damages of hate caused by racism. We're a culture that's trying to repair and trying to heal. This doesn't even include our physical struggles that's caused by disease or sickness. 
The list is unending. We are all, in some way, in search of healing. But for many, God is never a part of that equation. Come on, let's get real. We're kind of sitting here really quiet here today, which is fine. But how many of you, when you start having a pain, you start having a hurt, is your first response, Lord, man, what's going on? I need your presence here today. I need you to touch my life. Or is your first response, oh, which one of my doctors is I'm going to call? I got them on my list. I got them on my phone. Oh, you know, I need to call that doctor. And our first choice is go to something physical, human, to get our, solve, our problems solved instead of going to God. Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer. The Hebrew word Rapha appears over 60 times in the Old Testament. Displaying the truth that we serve a God who heals, who cures, who restores, who puts things back into proper order again. We serve a God who wants to bring healing into your life. Listen to the powerful words that Jesus read at the synagogue. I read this just a few weeks ago. It's a prophecy found in Isaiah 61. It's a prophecy of who Jesus is 700 years before Jesus was born. And Jesus says these words as he's inside the synagogue. He's reading from the, the, the scroll of Isaiah. And he says these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, setting people free. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. We have an oppressed nation. We have so many people struggling with depression. They need to find God. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor means that he's going to reset and make things new again. To make things new again in our life if we just choose to follow him. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He sent, God sent his son so that we could experience firsthand his healing power and how how. The Savior, Jesus, could restore those things that were broken. May I remind you today that we serve a God who does the impossible? A couple people believe it. He's the God who opens and closes the Red Sea at his command. He's the God that turns bitter water to sweet. He's the God who calls the blind to see. He's the God who proclaims the deaf to hear. The Israelites faced one difficulty after another. And guess what? Jehovah Rapha was always with them. Throughout all of our, throughout our life, we will face difficult times. I'm going to say that again because some of you think that you're going to live in this world that's just going to be perfect all the time. And any time that it goes off, why? man, that's horrible. What's going on? The Bible declares that, that there's times in our life we're going to face difficulties, we're going to face troubles. But guess what? God is going to walk with us through those troubles. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me that you you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I want to declare to you today that Jesus is the answer to our problems. He is the answer to our difficulties. He is the answer to your loneliness. He He is the answer to your hurts, to your pains. He is the answer. He's the one that brings hope into a disastrous situation. He's the one who will bring healing from cancer. 
He's the one who will bring restoration to your marriage. He's the one who will repair the brokenness of your heart. He's the one who will take your abandonment and bring acceptance. He's the one who, will, who has overcome all the hurts, the pains, and the difficulties of this, of this world. Jehovah Rapha, he's the one, the Lord who healeth thee. What we must learn to do is we must learn to put our faith and trust in him and not into the things of this world. <clears throat> do you remember the story when Sarah overheard the Lord telling Abraham that she was going to give birth to a child and she's really old in age? I think she's like 80 years old. You're going to give birth to a child. And she hears that news and she laughs at God. She laughs at that whole thing and she started laughing. God asked Abraham, is there anything too hard for the Lord? See, sometimes we hear a word, healing cancer. Well, yeah, well, you know, we, doctors. And we kind of laugh at it instead of saying, is there anything too hard for the Lord? The very next year, guess what? There's this 80-year-old lady walking around with a big pregnancy. She gives birth to Isaac. It takes place because there's nothing too hard for the Lord. God spoke to Jeremiah the prophet the same message, a message that was in Jeremiah's heart. And he says, is there anything too hard for me? Even when Job, the man who had so much disaster come on, onto his life, if you've never read the book of Job, man, it's a powerful book. It's, it's a hard book to read. But man, it, it, everything was taken from him. His children his livestock, everything, family, all of his possessions, everything was taken from him. Everything. And Job says the following words in the midst of all his struggles. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted or can be stopped. In the midst of everything that was taking place, Lord, I know that you can do all things. And can I tell you the rest of Job's story? It says at the very end, just a couple verses, that the Lord restored everything that had been taken twice over. And the end of Job's life was greater than his beginning. I declare that over some of you today. That you know what? The second half of your life can be greater than your beginning. With God, all things are possible. Anybody believe that here today? Does anybody believe that here today? Okay. I'm just gonna, I want to increase our faith a little bit here today because but if we don't have faith, if we stand here and we hear God's word and, we, and we're not responding to God's word and he's looking down, these people don't believe that I am their healer. I'm not, I'm not trying to pound or correct. I'm just trying to raise our faith up to the level that God desires for us, that he is my Lord, that he is my salvation, that he is my healer, that he is the one that can fix the brokenness of my relationship, that he is the one that when I get diagnosed with cancer, that he's going to walk me through and heal me in Jesus' name, that he is the one when all of a sudden I see my child going one direction where I don't know, man, they're, they're, I'm losing my child, where all of a sudden we start putting our, our faith in everything else, the school system, the church, or whatever else it is. And you know what? God has my child. He's in the protection of, my, of the almighty King of kings and Lord of lords. See, our faith in him is what's going to bring us through this life. Let me leave you with three thoughts today regarding Jesus bringing healing into the most 
difficult areas of your life. First thought is this. You're looking at the clock right now. Stop looking at the clock. We're fine. My three points go really quick. And if they don't, it's okay. Lock the doors, usher, right now. Guests, don't freak out. They're not. Jesus can heal our physical wounds. So many times we want to limit what God can do. Yes, God can bring comfort in my life. Yes, God can help bring peace in my life. But when it comes to those things that seem impossible, no, God can't do that. God can do certain things, but he can't. We want to put a box around God. We want to put limitations around God until you get to that place where you have no other hope but God. And then all of a sudden things change. No longer do we want to put boundaries around God because all of a sudden we're in a situation that only God can do. If the Bible states that the Lord is our healer, then God is our healer. You don't have the right to say who God is if the Bible says, I'm your healer. You don't have the right to tell God what he can and cannot do. Now, do I understand why God heals some and not others? I don't. I'm not God. I don't. But the only thing that God has asked me to do is believe. He hasn't asked me to understand his ways. I don't always. But he has put that measure of faith in my life that I can believe for the impossible with God. A leper in Matthew chapter 8, a man who had leprosy approached and knelt before Jesus and said, If you are willing, these are the words of this, uh, this man who had leprosy. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus responded to the man by touching him and says, I am willing, be healed. And the man was instantly healed of leprosy. Took place. And I love the approach of this man with leprosy. He had complete faith in Jesus. He had no doubt that Jesus could heal him. But he came with such humility before Christ and he said, if you are willing. And Jesus said, yeah, I'm willing. You be healed in Jesus' name. Do we have the faith to believe for healing? I'm just asking the question here today, guys. Are we a church that believes in God? Do we have the faith to believe in healing? Do we have the faith to believe that God still has a purpose for my life even if God doesn't heal me? See, we need to have faith both ways. The Apostle Paul was never healed of that thing that was a thorn in his flesh. I believe it was probably, he was probably legally blind. And that's, I think, what that what is referring to. And he was never healed of that. Think about it. The great Apostle Paul that says that when they took like a handkerchief from his body, from Paul's body, and they took it to someone who, was, who needed healing, they were instantly healed when they were touched with the handkerchief. You want to talk about God's power flowing through somebody? 
where someone fell from a three-story building, they hit the ground because Paul was preaching too long, and people got tired, and this little boy hit the ground, true story, and he hit the ground, and he was dead, and Paul touched him, and he raises him from the dead. You want to talk miraculous stories? When the crippled person was, could, could not walk, Paul walks over, and he heals the crippled person. He's casting out demons out of people that had these bad spirits, Paul was doing all of this, and yet in the midst of his trouble, guess what? God never healed him of this thorn in his flesh. But see, Paul never lost his faith and his purpose in who God is, that God is my healer. See, we got to grab a hold of God's truth in our lives that just because something doesn't happen for me over here doesn't mean that God's not going to do it over here. Don't put God in a box. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. Second, Jesus can heal our emotional wounds. Sometimes the greater wounds that we experience in life are the wounds that are not seen. Think about the leper. I was thinking about this man who approached Jesus. If you are willing, you can heal me. Think about the emotional wounds that he carried with leprosy. He had been pronounced unclean. And he was literally removed from society. He either, either had to live in isolation or he had to live in some kind of a leprosy camp with other lepers. And he was removed from his family. If he had a, a, a spouse, if he had children, he was removed from his kids. He was removed from his grandkids. Think of the emotional wounds that would have taken place in this man's life. Even to the place where if he knew he was walking to a location where there might be public, he had to wear bells on his clothing so they could hear him coming. And then when he saw somebody, he would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, to warn them that he was a leper approaching. Think about the damage that takes place in your life when you're walking through that. And Jesus can heal all that in just a moment. I consider the woman at the well one of my favorite stories in the Bible because I love how Jesus takes and he goes, I'm going to have a little bit of a detour here because there's a woman that is struggling in Samaria. I need to go see her. And he goes out of his way and he meets this woman at Jacob's well. And she was hurting and she was broken. She'd been married five different times and she was living with a man that wasn't her husband. And Jesus calls her out on all of that in such a beautiful way because she was emotionally just distraught and he brings healing into her life. He brings the opportunity for spiritual healing for her. He wants to see her set free. And I want to declare to you today that Jesus wants to set all of us free. Brings me my final thought. Jesus can heal our spiritual wounds. Many times we forget the greatest concern Jesus has for us is not physically, it's not emotionally, it's spiritually. Yes, the Lord is our healer physically. He is our healer emotionally but ultimately, Jesus died on the cross for us spiritually. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. There's a beautiful story in Mark chapter 2 of two friends who brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus. It's a wonderful story of kindness and love and faith. And they came and they brought their paralyzed friend who was basically in a hopeless situation and they bring him to Jesus, and the crowd was so great around the house that Jesus was speaking at that the friends took their, their friend up to the top of the roof 
of this two-story or this one, I don't know if it's two-story or single-story house, but they took him to the top of the roof and they dug a hole through the top of the roof, which I'd have been ticked off as the homeowner, but hey, whoever, you know, who cares? I got a leak in my house right now, so it's, it's all good. Dig a hole in my house right now, I don't care. They dig this hole to the roof of the house and they lower their friend down to see Jesus. And as they're lowering him down because they see the greatest need in this man's life is that he's crippled and he needs healing by Jesus. But when Jesus sees the man, what's the very first thing that he says? He sees the face of their friends and he looks at the man and he says, your sins are forgiven you. You see, the first thing that was the greatest, Jesus saw something different. The greatest need this man had wasn't his physical need, it was his spiritual need. He needed forgiveness of his sins. Turned the Pharisees upside down, by the way. They just went crazy over that whole thing. Sons, your sins are forgiven you. The spiritual condition was the greater need than the physical condition. Now, let me tell you, Jesus still healed the man physically. But see, here on this earth, we want to be touched and healed of emotional hurts and pains. We don't like the physical struggles when we're having a can't walk right or my knee doesn't work right or whatever it might be, my back's always aching or I just got diagnosed with cancer. Whatever it might be. But those are temporary to this place that we're living called earth. Jesus wants to do something eternal in you. He wants to hear, heal you spiritually. He came from heaven to earth and died on a cross to fix what was broken in us, sin. He said, I'm going to take on the sins of the world because I want what's broken to be healed because I want hope for you and for me, us, for all of eternity. See, the healing of us spiritually lasts for all of eternity. We get to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. It is through spiritual healing that we find eternal life, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who healeth thee. Question I'm going to ask you today, I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and ask the band, the worship team, to come on up to the platform now. <clears throat> what do you need healing from today? What have you been struggling with for a long time? You can take this away if you want to. What have you been struggling for a long time? And he said, man, I just, I need it. This needs to get off of me. I can't carry this anymore. This happened to me back when I was a child or a teenager. Maybe you went through that time in, as a teenager and you're bullied and, and called whatever names and you just, that keeps on nagging you. Maybe your parent mom or dad said you're no good, you're not going to amount to anything, and that voice just keeps on following you. Maybe, you know, whatever it might be, 
that's in your life. Maybe you came in out of an abusive situation and that fear still grips you. Maybe, maybe you came out of poverty and you're always afraid that you're going to end in poverty. You don't know how, how is it going to happen, Lord? That, how am I? And you have all these things and you just keep carrying the weight. And you just keep carrying the weight. And you just keep carrying the weight. And the Lord says, drop the weight. I am Jehovah, your God. I'm the one that can healeth thee. But we have to learn to put our trust in God more than we put our trust in the things of this world. That's what he's waiting for. That promise that he made way back in Exodus to the Israelites when he turned the bitter water to sweep. He says, man, if you would follow my commandments, if you would do these things that I would say, I promise you I will never put these things that were on the, the, the Egyptians. You'll never face those things. See, there's things in our life that we don't have to face if we just choose to step in. Not that all troubles are going to disappear, but why do we keep carrying the troubles that God has already set us free from? If we set us free, we are free. We are free indeed because of who God is in our life. That's where Jesus wants to get to. Get to us in that place. And I want to ask you here today, how do you want to respond to Jesus? What needs healing in your life? Stand with me today. Go ahead and stand here in this place. And for just a moment, close your eyes. Ask the Lord. Just pray right now. Lord, I surrender this to you right now. Just pray. I surrender this to you. I don't carry this anymore, Lord. Lord, I'm giving this to you today. It's too heavy, Lord. It weighs too much. I give it to you today. Heads bowed for one more moment, eyes closed. If you're here today, and the first thing you've never done is surrender your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity because Christ loves you so much. He desires relationship with you so much. He died on a cross for your sins 2,000 years ago. And he's been waiting just for you to say, yes, Lord. If you're here today and you want to say, yeah, Pastor Tom, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I promise. I just want you to signal to the Lord and to me right now, eyes closed. That's me, Pastor Tom. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Raise your hand real high if that's you today. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Lord, you see the hands lifted here today. You see the heart that wants to surrender to you. Lord God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, you receive the faith of these people. Everyone say this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Today I'm making a commitment to follow you. Forgive me my sins. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit to help live this life. In Jesus' name.
And everyone said, amen. Amen. God good? All the time. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.